Welcome in. You're listening to Break the Box Podcast with your girl, Kalina Holly. Whatever you're doing, take some time, relax, come kick it with me because we're about to have some real talk outside the lines. Hey, we are back. It is Saturday and I'm just pumped. I'm ready to just have some honest conversation today. I'm your girl, Kalina Holly. I hope you enjoyed our first episode. If you didn't have a chance to listen to it, go back and check it out. Valentine's Day. I had my mom on the pod. She's absolutely hilarious. And uh, we just had such a fun conversation. So I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that, you know, we're going to go deeper on some of those subjects, but that's just to kind of get us started, get us talking. You know, I want to take just a couple minutes today to just kind of get you an idea a little bit about who I am. I know some of you, maybe you know me personally, some of you, you're like, I don't know, somebody sent me your podcast link and so I'm getting to know you. Um, I am an everyday California girl born and raised here all of my life. And so um, when I was actually, right when my mom actually got pregnant with me, she was actually diagnosed with uterine cancer, which is where you actually have cancer cells inside the uterus. And so my parents literally had to pray and ask God for a miracle um, to not only help my mom be able to get free from cancer, but to be able to keep me. Um, That's going to be probably another testimony day, but uh, sped up part of that story is just that my parents really stood with faith and just trusted God for an absolute absolute miracle. And because of their faith, I'm here today. My mom is completely cancer-free and I was born and the Lord just really um, used even my birth to just make a statement. You know, my mom had even told me when she would, you know, obviously as I got older, she went back and told me the story and she said, Kalina, you know, I had an atheist doctor at the time who literally thought we were crazy and we kept telling him we were going to trust God. And she said, you know, the moment that, you know, they, they were checking with the you know, what is it, the monitor to be able to see if there was a heartbeat. She said, you know, one, he saw there was no cancer. And then two, they saw that the baby was there and they, that you were healthy. And she said out of his own mouth, he said, well, you might as well just call it a miracle because I think your God came through for you. And, you know, it's just so cool to even know that from the very start of my life that, you know, God obviously just had a purpose. And I hope that, you know, that he has a purpose for you too. You know, whether your birth story was just something normal or, you know, for, in my case, it was something that was just so such a powerful testimony. You know, every person who's on this earth is here for a reason, you know, whether or not your parents planned for you, or maybe you were even born out of a situation that wasn't ideal. You know, God is the only creator. He's the the one that decides whether we have life. And so if you're here today, it's because God has a purpose for you. He has a plan for you. You're not a mistake. Um, You're not an accident. You're not a oops, you know, one night something just happened. Maybe that was the circumstances of even how you got here. But I want you to know today that if God allowed your life to be here, it's because there's a reason and it's not just for you to just struggle and get through it. It's because he has a plan for you today. And so you know, I've lived a lot of my life knowing, man, God has this purpose for me. And so I grew up um, in the church. My parents were pastors pretty much all of my life. And so I'm a pastor's kid. And so I've been raised in ministry and seen a lot of things in and out of the church. Um, I, over time, let's see, I was about 19 years old when I started preaching. I think I preached my first sermon at 19, um, was so scared out of my mind and just got up there and decided to share about a missions trip that I had been on. And before I knew it, I was like, man, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. And so just went from there, wound up uh, eventually becoming an associate pastor on staff for almost eight years at the church that I'm still at. And, you know, it's just the Lord has really done a lot in my life, but it's also been a lot of ups and downs. There's been a lot of things that we've had to face and go through. And I hope that even in this uh, podcast, there's going to be times to just really talk about even no matter when you have the Lord in your life or not, there's just struggles. There's things that you're going to face that are difficult. You know, we've faced so many things as a family that really could have just knocked us 
was completely off um, onto the floor where we couldn't come back from it. But over and over again, we've made that choice to just ask the Lord to help us. And he's really given us the strength to just not only get back up, but to keep going with strength. And so um, today, you know, I am a confident uh, single woman. Um, I'm not putting that out there to ask people to write in to try to make a connection. I'm just stating that um, I'm not married, but I am a single woman, just definitely in a healthy space of realizing that until you meet the person God has for you, it is just not worth it to try to just get out there and make it happen because we need to be patient and make sure that we are connecting ourselves with the people that God truly has for us. And so I'm just in a really good space with that. And just um, matter of fact, one of the podcasts that I really want to do coming up is just on singlehood and embracing that and being confident. You know, I feel like so much of today's world has this stigma that if you're not married and have the perfect house with the four kids, that something's wrong with you. And that's just so cliche and so not the truth. Now, if you have that and you're happy, I'm glad for you. Praise God. You know, but that's not everybody's journey. And that's also not everybody's timeline, right? We're all different and we all have different purposes and different things that are supposed to happen in our life. And so none of us should be in a box where we feel like you have to hit these certain markers at a certain time. So I'm going to take a lot of time, you know, even in this season to just talk about how I've embraced that and how I've continued to grow and still find joy, even in lots of things when I didn't fit into the normal boxes that people wanted me to. Uh, Another thing that I want you to know about me is I'm a mom to two of the cutest little um, dogs you will ever see. Maybe that's just bias because they're mine, but I have two sweet little babies. They're called uh, Frankie and Arlo. Frankie's my little girl. Arlo's my little boy. And they are two men miniature short-haired dachshunds who are just cute as can be. Uh, They drive me absolutely crazy some days, which if you have pets, I'm sure that you can attest to. Uh, But they're also the love of my lives and they just bring me so much joy. And so I have this awesome life where I get to uh, encourage people and speak into people's lives. And I have some incredible people that I get to do life with. And so my life is far from perfect, but I'm so grateful for my relationship with Jesus. And through it all, you know, I've really seen some crazy stuff. You know, when you are raised inside of the church and you're raised in ministry, you don't just see the good stuff on Sunday. You see the good, bad, and the ugly. And so, you know, that's something that I kind of even just want to delve into a little bit today is, you know, as much as I I'm going to say this as honestly as I can. I love, I love Jesus. Let's start with that. I love Jesus. I have such a great relationship with Jesus and it's not a religion. It's not a, this is who I am. That makes me perfect. Not at all. I'm far from that, but I have a true relationship with Jesus in the sense that he's a real, uh, a real person to me. And I have a friendship with him and we talk and I feel like he's someone, not just that I can count on, but someone that can understand me and that I don't have to have it all together for all the time. And so because I've built that relationship, I have such a love for other people to also come into that relationship with Jesus. And so I love, you know, church, I love Christianity, but I've also seen a lot of things over the years that, you know, I I can honestly say are just, I'm not really proud to see. And I've seen a lot of things take place in the settings of churches that I don't think are really right and shouldn't go down that way. And so I want to take some time just to kind of talk about the things that I think are, are are good and that we've done well, but also some of the things where I think that we've missed it. You know, as a church, and, and I'm saying this globally, not specifically my church or your church, but as a church, as a globe, uh, globally, we're supposed to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We're supposed to be hubs, places where people can come and encounter Jesus and worship together and have fellowship and hear the word and, and get built up so they can learn more. And then to go back out and to, you know, be witness of who Jesus is and help more 
more people come to know him. It's a, it's a space that's supposed to encourage you and connect you with the Lord so you can get out there and continue to be Jesus everywhere you go. And unfortunately, I think a lot of times over the years, churches have become very clicky. They've become spaces where, you know, this is, you can only, you can only be a certain way if you're here and you can only act a certain way. And, you know, you'll fit in if you dress this way or you have this style. And I just feel like if God was here today, I think if Jesus came back onto the earth, he would be like flipping tables again in a lot of churches because we've created these spaces where we say things like everybody is welcomed and you can come as you are to Jesus, but the atmosphere doesn't always reflect what we say. So let me explain that a little bit. You know, even at my church right now, I, we have this saying that we actually have on the wall and it says, come as you are. And that's, you know, based biblically that there's a scripture that basically says we all need a savior. We all fall short of the glory of God. And so come as you are. And then at the feet of Jesus, coming to Jesus saying, hey, I don't have it all together. You can build a relationship with Jesus. And then out of that relationship, you begin to learn and grow and realize there's things God wants for you. And there are changes we need to make. But the truth is, is this, you ain't ever going to make any changes or do anything different in your life unless you have a real relationship first. You're not going to do it because your parent told you to. You're not going to do it because you just had a hype moment on Sunday. Like it has to come out of something that's real. And so something that I've seen a lot being in the church over the years is just, you know, there's so many people who are trying to build these dynamics of who we're supposed to be as Christians and who we're supposed to or what we're supposed to look like, or what, you know, this is who the church is. And I think that, yes, we definitely have things that we believe. I mean, I a hundred, I want to state this very clear. Um, I a hundred percent believe the Bible from cover to cover. Like the word of God is what I believe in. That is my faith. I honor that. Now, now saying that, I can honestly say it's not easy to to do all the things that it says from cover to cover, because some of those things are, depending on your life, are harder than others, right? And so a lot of people will tell me, Clina, you know, I believe in Jesus and I want a relationship with him, but I can't figure out this part, or I can't really connect with this, or I don't know how to make that happen in my life. And usually what I tell them is this, you know, you're not going to get it all. I don't think any of us ever really truly will. But I do encourage this. When you come into a real relationship with Jesus, which is basically just saying, Lord, I want a relationship with you and I'm going to give you an opportunity to be a part of my life and to help me grow. As you grow in something that's real, as you get to know him and you get to feel his love and his forgiveness and his grace and his mercy, out of that relationship, he will help you to begin to see things from a different perspective. But it's not going to come until you're able to sit at a table and feel equal and feel welcomed and know that you can come as you are first. Because if you don't feel that, you're going to automatically feel rejected before you even started the relationship. And this is the cool thing. Jesus literally went to the cross because he knew you were going to blow it. He knew that none of us would have it all together. And so Jesus came as the savior because we were a world that needed to be saved. And so I love that about Jesus because he's literally like almost, I want to just kind of paint a picture for you. It's kind of like there's a table, right? And Jesus sets out this table and he has chairs all around it. And he says, hey, I'm the creator of the world. I love you. I have a purpose for you. I have a plan for you. And I have some things I would like for you to do in order to live on this earth and honor me. But will you just sit at the table with me and build the relationships so I can talk and explain those things to you? Now, he's not saying, here's a list of everything you have to do. If you can get all that together, go ahead and pull up a seat. He's literally saying, come as you are, sit at this table, grow in a relationship with me, and then through 
through that relationship, I'm going to teach you more about me and why I'm asking you to do certain things and I'm going to help you to grow. And I feel like that's the approach we need to start taking in churches and in ministry and in the way that we share God's love because we say that we do that, but a lot of times I can honestly say I don't, I haven't seen that. I mean, we used to travel, you know, all the time and go to different churches and see different spaces. And I'm so grateful. You know, I will say this, my parents, you know, no church is perfect by any means, but my parents have always really created a space in the church that we have that we've really tried to show people that, that all people are welcomed and that nobody's perfect. But I I can say this, that even in spaces where we would travel and go, you know, you could just feel these different, um, what's the best way to say it? You could almost just feel different vibes at different ministries where you would go, you know, I've walked into places, even as a pastor's kid, I've walked into places places and went, I don't even feel like I could fit here. Or I've walked in doors and went, I don't really feel like I would connect because I'm not like all these other people. And I feel like Jesus is wanting to shift some of that in today's church culture for people to begin to walk into whatever church, you know, whatever, because there's lots of beautiful different churches across the globe to be able to walk into churches and go, as long as we believe the same thing biblically for the Bible from cover to cover, and we're preaching that word inside, like we're theologically sound here, right? even if there's different styles or different personalities to it, coming in and going, man, I feel like I can belong here because I feel authentically love the love of Jesus. Like it's an authentic love. I feel like sometimes that's one of the hardest struggles the church has today. You know, we, um, I have a lot of friends who, you know, are, you know, working through things or maybe are still in the world or still in situations where maybe their lifestyle isn't where it should be. And I've had so many of them tell me like, man, Clint, you have no idea how many times I've walked into a church because I was hurting or I was going through something and I knew that I needed the hope of a savior. But then I walked in and I got the crazy side eye or I could tell someone on road two was like judging me from head to toe, or you could just feel the, I didn't belong there vibe. And you know, the truth is, is I've seen that. I've seen that happen over and over again. You know, it's funny. Christians think that um, people don't read uh, what you're thinking or they can't tell. But the truth is, is there's some church folk who like need to check their face. You know, like you're over here giving someone the stank face because I don't know, maybe they're tattooed up or they've got some crazy piercing or they got purple hair or, you know, they look a different way than you are. And so you think that, you know, you're giving them the church smile, but you're actually giving them the crazy side eye. Like, who are you? And yet you're supposed to be a representative of Jesus. You're supposed to be someone who's making them feel like they could find the savior in that space. And so because you can't control your face and you can't have a heart to see people the way that they truly are, they automatically walk in that door. They feel rejected and they walk right out and go, I'm not going to fit there. And I feel like as a, as a global church, that's something that we have to begin to just help people understand that this isn't supposed to be a space where the perfect people go. This isn't supposed to be a space for the people that have it all together. You know, we preach this. I preach so many messages about this, that at the end of the day, we all fall short of the glory of God. And sometimes when we see people that have sins that are maybe considered external, like things we can see, we're so quick to judge them because, you know, I can see your sin or I can see where you're falling short or I know what you're doing. But the truth is, is there's a lot of Christians who have internal sins, things that you cannot see, and they're still having their own struggles and they're just as accountable to Jesus for those same things. You know, it's like, Maybe you see some youth or young adult walk into your church and they externally look crazy and you can tell they're in a wild and out season. And so what happens is sometimes people will see that and go, oh, you know, gosh, wonder what they're doing here. Obviously they need Jesus. 
well, hello, last time I checked, I think we're all here because we need Jesus, right? And, and it's funny because sometimes we see stuff on the outside and go, well, I can tell that person's struggling and I can see their sin. Yeah, but you know, the person on the second row might be secretly watching pornography or secretly having an affair or you just cheated on your taxes last week. And so nobody knows about those things because they're a secret, but because you can see this young person who, you know, has an outward rebellious attitude or that you can outwardly see some of their demeanor, you feel this right to then pass judgment on the way you look at them or the way that you approach them, or even by passive comments like, oh, we're going to pray for that person. You know what? If you're saying stuff like that, we need to pray for you. Because at the end of the day, you know, that's not, I'm sorry, but that's not the way that we go about things. You know, when people come in, regardless, you have got to remember, we all need Jesus. We all are, whether they're in the church or not in the church, everybody on this earth needs a savior. That's why God sent Jesus, right? Bottom line, we all are going to have moments where we're going to fall short. That's why he went to the cross and paid the price for us. But we have to begin to break this box of treating people differently because maybe we can see their sin or we can see their struggle, or we see externally what's going on, that that puts them in a different boat than we are. Because the truth is, is we all have our own struggles. And so what happens is, is, you know, like I was saying with like these teens, sometimes people will even come into church and they'll feel that judgment. They'll get that side eye. They'll get that, you know, oh, we're going to pray for so-and-so, or they overhear people talking and they automatically then feel like they don't belong. They don't fit. They don't want to be there. Why would they ever want to continue and pursue a relationship? relationship with Jesus when the minute that they come in, they're past judgment on the very people who are supposed to be Jesus. It's like, you know, we... We pray this all the time. Oh, Lord, send the hungry and the hurting and the broken and help them to come so they can find a place to rest and get whole. And those are our prayers. But the truth is, is when the hurting and the hungry and the broken walk in the door, they're not going to always look the same and they're not going to have it all together. And sometimes they are going to be rough around the edges and they're going to look crazy or they're going to be different than you, or they might even have sins that you can see. But guess what? It is not your job to fix them. It is not your job to judge them. It is your job to introduce them to Jesus. It is your job job to say, maybe instead of having your your fuchi face, you know, you smile and you just say, welcome to church. I'm so glad you're here today. And you show them the genuine love of Jesus. This is the cool thing. God is big enough to meet people where they're at. He's big enough to confront people. Now we don't condone sin. We're not out here high-fiving. I'm just so glad you're living in the world. But at the end of the day, we've as Christians, I think globally, and I keep saying globally, because I just mean, I'm not trying to point any one church. I'm just saying as, you know, across the globe, we have become become so judgmental in the way that we approach people that unfortunately, even just Christians and churches um, have this bad stigma where people feel like, I don't even want to go there because they're going to automatically pass judgment or, you know, gossip about me in prayer group. And I don't even want to even step out of the boat to even try that because I don't feel like I'll be accepted. And I think the minute that we get it, that we're not supposed to be the one passing that judgment, that we're not supposed to be the one to fix them, that we're giving a space for them to come encounter Jesus, have a real relationship, that God is the one who's going to do the change in their lives, not you. You might get to be a part of that journey. You might, if you build a relationship with some of these people, might over time, God may use you to speak into their life or even down the road, have some needed conversations, but it is not your job to save them. You are not Jesus. And so being able to see that and go, God, I want to be able to create space 
spaces where people can feel welcome, where they can sit, even if they're in the craziest season in their life and know they're just as welcome to sit at the table as anybody else. I believe that that's where the church needs to progress in these coming years, that we need to create safe spaces for people to come and say, you know what? I don't even understand all of this. I'm not even sure if I can do it, but guess what? I really want to give this a try to to meet this Jesus you're talking about and us be able to welcome them into our families and go, hey, we discovered Jesus and we hope that you're going to discover him too. Let's go after this together. That kind of real relationship and those kind of churches are going to be what God is getting ready to move in this this next season. Like, let me just tell you that, you know, you might even be one of my pastor friends listening to this and you're like, Kleena, you better be careful. Not a lot of the church folks are going to like this one. Um, I don't care. You know, the truth is, is that I've been called to come onto this earth and to introduce people to a real Jesus. And unfortunately, I have seen so many boxes, and a lot of times they do look like church, where Jesus is not felt there, and his real love is not genuine there. And there's a lot of judgment and critical comments and hateful you know, perspectives put out on certain people. And I just feel like that if Jesus were here today, he would be ashamed at some of the ways that we treat people. Now, again, there's a difference in condoning something. You know, I love all people people and I will encourage and spend time with people and and sow into people. Now, if they come to me and go, hey, Kalina, this is some of the choices I'm making. What do you believe? I'm going to have that honest conversation with them and, and explain to them what the Bible says. But it also always starts in love. You know, I feel like as a church, we're really good with truth. We're really good at um, telling people what they need to do to get right and what, what God wants for them. But we're not great at introducing just the real love of Jesus first. And that's what's going to change people. People. That's what's going to change this world is not us teaching them to be perfect or us teaching them to be like what they're supposed to look like or to be like us, but just us going, hey, we didn't have it all together either, but Jesus saved me. Hey, I used to be in sin too. And look at what God's done in my life. You should give this, this relationship a chance and just see what it'll do for you. If we would approach it that way, I believe we would see so many more people come to know Jesus. It would probably blow our minds. And so I feel in my heart that that's something that God is wanting to shift in this next season. You know, I really even feel called as a reformer to really help people begin to see what God wants even the church and ministries to look like moving forward. And it's not that all the stuff that we've had in the past is bad. You know, I have seen some amazing ministry and I've been a part even with my parents with just some incredible ministry. But even what God is doing in this new season to reach out to people is completely different. Why? Because we live in a different world and there's a lot of of brokenness. And um, let's be honest, there's a lot of the devil just out on, you know, running rampant and there's so much going on that I feel like in order to approach people who need to be saved today, we've got to really kind of partner with the Holy Spirit in a new way and go, how do we meet people on their level? How do we reach people that are really so far removed that they'll probably never normally walk in the door of this church or even have a conversation with a Christian, but how do I reach out and show them God's love? And I believe it's those who will be willing to be flexible, willing to have hard conversations, willing to humble themselves and and put themselves in the in the mud or in the the difficult places with people who are different than them and just have real conversations and encourage people. I believe those are some of the people who are going to begin to see the harvest of souls that's coming because it's not going to look the way that it's always looked. God is not looking for these perfect little packed churches to be filled with, you know, it, every week is numbers and every week is oh we're at this number. No, that's not what he's looking for. He's looking for a real relationship with people and real 
salvations and for people to come to know him. And that is going to look different in this season because we have to approach people where they're at. And when they're out in the world and they're, they're being taught all these crazy things and they're feeling like they could never belong, we've got to come to their level and say, hey, I came to Jesus just as I was. And because of him, this is the things that he's done in my life. And if you give him that same chance, he'll do that for you. And just introduce him in a real non-religious, non, you know, I even remember back in the day when I used to do like street evangelism, um, I was always so scared. I was always like, I don't want to knock on people's doors. They're going to think I'm a weirdo. Um, I was not like the best street evangelist, but I did it because, you know, I believed powerfully in Jesus and the message. And so I remember when I would do a street evangelism, we would literally go out and we would knock on doors and we would tell people, um, can I ask you a question? If you were to die today, are you going to go to heaven or hell? And then they would be like, they would look at you like, I have no idea. And then you'd be like, well, you can make a decision today to choose heaven and make that your home. And I look back now and I just think that was like the worst approach ever. Like, could you imagine if someone walked up to you and was just like, are you going to heaven or hell? Like, first of all, it's just such a downer. Second of all, it just feels so negative and critical and so not like Jesus. You know, if we were just approach people real, what if we knocked on the door and we said, Hey, I'm from one of the churches, or maybe we don't even go from the church. Hey, I'm a Christian and I just believe in the power of prayer. We're just going around and asking some of the community if there's anything we could pray for you for, or just, uh, you know, ask God to help you with your family. We're just showing a little bit of God's love today. What if we just went with a whole different approach and we just showed people the love of Jesus, introduced them to some, something that was real, and then began to speak some truth into their life over time, instead of just going for the jugular out the gate, like, are you going to hell? Like... I just, I look back now and I'm like, man, what were we thinking? Like, that was just not the right approach. But sadly, a lot of us are still doing that today. We think that winning souls means, you know, driving this stake into people's hearts and, and making them run to Jesus because they're so afraid of hell. And, and while hell is very real and I don't want anybody to make that their home, you know, that's not the approach that I believe as a believer we're supposed to make. We're supposed to literally introduce people to a real God who loves them, to a real God who can handle their brokenness handle their ugly, handle the fact that they don't have it all together and they're not going to get it together until they get to know him because he's the one who fixes those things. He's the one that helps you make changes. He's the one that shows you why he wants certain things, even when they don't make sense. And so if we could just begin to let go of some of those judgmental comments and those ugly perspectives and begin to see people differently, I really believe God would begin to move in a mighty way, not just in churches, but in, in Christianity and in what he's doing in this season of ministry, because we would begin to see real people find something that is genuine out of a place of brokenness, out of the place of darkness, just because they were introduced by the love of Jesus to Jesus. And so, you know, I really hope this today, I'm going to kind of wrap this up and I could probably talk about this for hours because I'm so passionate about it. Um, but I do want to just clarify just a couple things as I close, you know, again, I believe the Bible from cover to cover. I will preach every single word of that. You know, what God asks of us, his rules, the things, the guidelines he's laid out. I believe in them. And the way, the reason that I do is because I've grown in a personal relationship with him. And so out of that relationship, I've begun to see why he asked certain things of us and he's helped me to gain that perspective. But I also believe that there's a lot of people who are never going to see things from that point of view or understand how half of the things that God is asking them until they just come into a real relationship with Jesus. And that's going to start by us extending that. And so I want to encourage you today, 
whether it's at your job, whether it's with your friends, whether you go to church or not, I want us to begin to just, well, first of all, let me talk to the believers. Let's say it that way. I hope that you would let go of any prejudgments that you have towards people, that if you have even been taught that, you know, you, you just have to be a certain way towards people because they're in sin. I want to remind you that you've also been in sin too. And just, let's just check our own hearts for a minute. Right. And can we just let ourselves kind of come down to a place of humility to go the savior of the world saved me and he can save them too. But how am I going to approach them today for them to see that, that we wouldn't be so worried about people being different from us or looking different from us. If anything, I think the church needs to be full of more people who do look differently because that is who God is. He's a God of diversity. He's a God of creativity. He's a God that gives people unique styles. And so if we all look the same, we're doing something wrong. So I would encourage you today to check your face, check your attitude, check your heart. Maybe you don't even realizing it, but you're passing judgment on people and you're causing them to not come into a place where they can feel safe or even approach you to learn about Jesus. And maybe God wants to use you today to reach someone you would unexpectedly not even think would come to know Jesus. But because you showed them love, you're going to get to be the hands and feet of Jesus today. And guess what? God's going to be the one that changes them. God's going to be the one that brings them into all the details of some of the things they need to structure, but you get to introduce him and help them feel welcomed. And if you're on the opposite side where you're like, Kalina, you better preach that louder. Like I've walked into churches and never felt welcomed or I've walked into spaces and felt judgment out the gate. You know, first of all, I'm just sorry. You know, I can't, I can't fix or go back and, and fix all of those times that you had to feel that. But I'm sorry, even just as a church for the many times that I'm sure many of you have probably been in those spaces and felt like you didn't belong or you didn't fit. And my hope is this, is that you will give Jesus another try. That just because people were a bad, uh, maybe a representative of him, that you would realize that that's not who he is. That yes, we do believe certain things and we do believe the Bible, but at the end of the day, the reason we've come into that faith and that belief is because we started just like maybe where you're at with just saying, Jesus, I need a savior. I need hope. I need encouragement. I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. And out of that relationship, he's the one that's going to show you things. He's the one that's going to help you to have perspective. And then you do get plugged in and, and then you find a church where you do feel welcomed and you begin to get the word and you grow and you build in relationships and fellowship and those things will come in time. But I hope today that if you've been offended or you've been hurt or you felt like an outsider or you felt like you didn't belong, I hope today that you know that you do have a space at the table with Jesus. I hope that you will try again and maybe find a new church or Go to a place you'd never expected and say, you know what? I want to give this a try because I really do want to be able to have a relationship with Jesus. I do want hope today. And I'm going to even pray at the end of this that the Lord will even just direct you to the right space because I believe there are a lot of amazing churches out there who are getting ready to just make some of even this shifts to go, God, we know there's so many people who need to come and do life with us here so they can know you in a great way. Help us to be able to show that love. And I'm going to pray that you're going to find your way to some of those spaces and, and be able to get to know Jesus in a real way and be around people who will love you and do life with you, even when you're maybe a mess or working through things, because we're all in that boat. But I just pray today that you wouldn't completely close the door to something just because maybe somebody hurt your feelings or somebody made you feel awkward or someone made you feel like you didn't fit in. Guess what? Jesus decided you fit in. So walk in there, sit at that table, get to know people and allow the real love of Jesus to transform your heart. I don't know about you, but 
I can't even imagine living a day without Jesus. And I can say that because he's literally wrecked my life in a good way. You know, there are things that are difficult and there's sacrifices that you have to make. But but man, the joy of the love of Jesus, of feeling accepted and seen and wanted by a creator, that far outweighs anything that I've had to sacrifice for Jesus. And so I hope today that if you are listening to this podcast, that you would give Jesus a try. If you feel like you do not fit in or you're not perfect enough to come to Jesus, None of us are perfect. Let's just break that box of perfection today and let you know that we're, I'm literally, I want you to picture this. I am sitting at the table and I, and Jesus is with us and I'm pulling out a chair and I'm literally waving you over to come sit with us. This is not about a click. This is not about a crew. This is not about the good people or the bad people. This is about life. This is about humankind. And, and we literally know that Jesus came to earth so that we could all sit at the table and have the same opportunity to get to know him. And so I'm inviting you to come sit with us. I'm inviting you to sit at the table week after week and have some conversations to get to know Jesus in a real way. You do not have to have it all together. He's the one that's going to help you do that. And I pray that if you do know Jesus and you are in a church or you're a part of any kind of a, even just extension, because I believe as Christians, we're all supposed to be the extensions of Jesus. I pray today that you would pray this prayer and ask the Holy Spirit, God, is there any spaces where I've treated people unfairly. Are there any spaces that I've passed judgment on people where I shouldn't have? Are there any times that my face or even the comments I've made have not shown the love of Jesus? And Holy Spirit, will you help me to work on that because I want people to come to know you? I pray that if you could just have that vulnerable moment that maybe you be, you may begin to see people the way that Jesus is. This is the cool part is that Jesus literally saw the world. He saw the people. He knew there was sin and he didn't say, ah, off with you guys. He said, I don't want anything to separate them from my love. So I'm going to send my son Jesus to die so that no matter what happens, they can be made right with him. That's the love of Jesus. And so today, I hope that you can grab that same compassionate love, begin to go out into the world and not just preach something about where is heaven and where is hell, even though I pray that you do make heaven your home, but we would begin to preach, this is Jesus, he's real. We begin to share about what God did in our lives, how he saved us and see other people transformed. I believe when we switch some of our approach and approach it just on an honest level, man, we're gonna see so many people come into a relationship with Jesus and that's really what we want at the end of the day. And so I hope this encourages you. I hope that today um, you'll feel a little bit of my heart to just really see what God is doing in this new season. I hope that we can continue to have real conversations like this and learn and grow together because I believe that as we are honest, we can sharpen one another and become better even in ourselves of just going, hey, maybe some things I didn't do great before and I'm going to get better in this coming season, you know. I'm going to say this, even on the podcast, I'm probably going to miss it sometimes. I might, I might say something wrong or it might come out wrong. Or even maybe later on, I might go, man, that didn't come across right. And I'll be the first person to be like my bad and take responsibility. None of us are too good to ever um, take correction or to have some things that we need to shift in our lives. But we also have to be humble and just say, God, what are you doing? And if there's things that are not right or that are not in order in my life, help me to see that and make that adjustment. If I haven't been treating people correctly, help me to do that. I think if you approach things with that approach. We're all going to grow together in this. So I pray today that you're encouraged. I'm going to leave you with this. Get out there and show the love of Jesus to someone. And if you don't know Jesus, take a chance on him today. Give him an opportunity to be a part of your life and find a community where you can learn about him and grow in an authentic way. I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. He won't disappoint you. People may still be working it out, but Jesus will never disappoint and he's worth it every time. Have a great rest of your Saturday and we'll see you next week for some more real chat outside the lines.